0: Father, we ask in the name of Jesus that you hide each one of us in the rock, O Lord, that is Jesus. Hide each one of us in your pavilion this month, Lord, in the secret of the tabernacle, hide us. Lord, your word says, when our enemies and our foes came upon us to eat of our flesh, that they stumbled and they fell. We say, every enemy, every foe that will come against us, we say, let them stumble and fall. This month, let them stumble and fall. Let them even fall as Goliath fell before David, Lord. Protect us as only you can, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. Please be seated. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. And let us all read together the first 17 verses. Exodus chapter 20. Let's read together the first 17 verses. Are we all there? Exodus, second book in the Bible. One, two, go. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which hath brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, that taketh his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Wherefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it, honor thy Father and thy mother, that the days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant nor his maid servant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. The Lord bless the reading of his word. Father, we come before you today. We ask in the name of Jesus that today your word will be quick and powerful. Let it be sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it pierce and divide asunder soul and spirit, Lord. Let it bear the thoughts and the intents of all who are here today. Lord God Almighty, let your word bring deliverance to us. So it is and shall be. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Okay, we continue with the Ten Commandments. And today, we will look at commandment number eight. Next Sunday, we will look at commandment number seven. Ideally, we should look at number seven today, which is, Thou shall not commit adultery. But somehow, I just believe that God wants us to look at, Thou shall not steal today. And we will look at, Thou shall not commit adultery next Sunday. Everybody say, thou shalt not steal. That's a commandment of the Lord, that we should not steal. To steal, what is it? Uh, the Nigerian definition for stealing is borrowing without permission. It's not really true, because when you say you are borrowing something, there's an intent to give it back. You don't borrow something that doesn't belong to you without permission. To steal is to appropriate that which does not belong to you. That is to take over something that does not belong to you and make it your own. And the person who steals is called a thief. And I don't think anybody will be happy if he's called or she's called a thief. We do know that people come here to steal mobile phones on Sundays and um, we will still catch them if they come. Now, there are many things apart from material possessions and money that do not belong to us which we have appropriated as our own. But before I talk about that I want us to just look what does God say himself about stealing. Turn to Exodus chapter 22. In the first four verses there we have God's statement on stealing and the thief. He says, If a man steal an ox or a sheep and kill it or sell it, he shall restore five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. If the sun be risen upon him, there shall be blood shed for him. Or he should make full restitution. If he have if he have nothing, then he shall be sold for his theft. If the thief be certainly found in if the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be an ox or an ass or sheep, he shall restore double. So if we have something from the word of God about stealing and about the one who steals. That's the thief. And the truth is, if you understand that God in Exodus chapter 20 has said, Thou shalt not kill. We find that in Exodus chapter 22, he says, If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall be no blood shed for him. So if a thief is caught in the act and he is killed, God says his life is of no value at all. Why? Because in the Bible, God specifies that if you shed blood, human blood, then there are things that must be done. If it is done innocently, you will flee to even a place called a city of refuge. God does not like the spilling of blood. But He says here that if you catch a thief at night and you kill him, He says, forget it, there's no need to shed any blood on his behalf. It says however in verse 3, if he is caught in broad daylight, that's why it says, if the sun be risen upon him it says then, don't kill him, but give him the opportunity of making restitution and restitution is very very steep. A man who goes to steal one cow, how is he going to provide five? If he cannot make restitution then the Bible says sell him Let him be sold into bondage and be sold for the value of what he cannot restore. So a thief, his life is placed at the value of what the person went to steal. So that you can see that God, with a passion, does not want his people who call his name to steal. Because that's really, there's somebody who is called the thief. And we know that that person is called Satan. So God doesn't want us to be involved in the ministry of the devil at all. Now let's just look at the different the difficulties that God has prescribed in Exodus twenty-two as concerns people who steal. Then we will decide. You know, God's word will tell us whether or not we are here and we do steal. All those three things are difficult. Restitution is something a word Christians don't like to hear because it talks about paying back with interest something that you have left undone or something that you have stolen. Like I said, how does somebody who has no cow produce five because he has stolen one? That's a bit difficult. I mean, you find the same thing applies to people who don't pay tight. When people finally come to the conclusion that ought to be paid. They want you to help them and say, okay, you can start from now. It's not my word. It's the word of God. You pay with interest. and And God's interest is high. It's like the banking system of Nigeria because it's supposed to be a deterrent. You are not supposed to play around with certain things. If that person is not able to restore, the person is to be sold as a slave into bondage and of course if the person is caught at the the wrong time of the day God says kill him there shall be no blood shed for him now bondage, what exactly is bondage? let me give you Bible definition for bondage turn with me to Judges chapter 16 verse 21 it says but the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza and bound him with feathers of brass and he did grind in the prison this is Samson held by the Philistines in complete bondage made to work free of charge for the enemy no control, he has no control at all over his situation or his life now, bondage in this way we've just shown it is not any place anybody wants to be in. And there are many Christians who are in bondage because without knowing it, they've been stealing. Because the person who is administering justice here is God himself. When we steal, we irrevocably are walking into bondage as it is with our eyes wide open. If, it's, if you feel that you are in bondage, it just might be, it is because you have taken something that does not belong to you. Let's look at different levels of stealing. I said that there are many of us who have appropriated things, because some people will be sitting there feeling very self-righteous, and thinking, well, I have not stolen anything, because one, you are looking at level one. Level one is the stealing of material things the stealing of material things, inclusive of money. There are many of us who, in our day-to-day living, are involved in what the world calls a rat race. I am not involved in a rat race. The children of God ought not to be involved in a rat race. But there are many in the church who are involved in a rat race. And you are doing all that you can possibly do to make it As they say in Nigeria, let me give you a few examples of things I know have actually happened. Take a person who is employed in a bank, for example, and your job there is to look after the clients of the bank. And the man, a prospective client, comes and wants to execute a a business, and you give him the impression initially that all is well, this is easy, and you stall and still is becoming a bit late. The person is wondering what's going on. Then last minute, you spring a surprise on the person and tell the person that you have a friend who is not as complex as the bank or complicated as the bank, but you a little bit greedy because he will give you this money easily if only you will agree to giving him so much of the profit. What you do in that place is... One, you've taken away your bank's customer, yet you sit there to earn a salary. You are a thief. It's a Nigerian syndrome. We've experienced this in church. People who work for car companies, for example, they will always, and this applies to many, many sectors of the Nigerian economy. People who are supposed to help their companies to make money they give you very expensive estimates and they tell you quietly that it can be done cheaper in their own workshop. If you are there in that kind of place and you are a Christian, you are a thief because all you are doing is just quietly sitting and stealing customers from your company because you are earning a salary from the company. And those of us who cannot wait for to make a profit, who are like that man himself, The moment we hear that it can be done for half the price, what you will get at the end of the day is half the value. But for as long as we cooperate with such people, we are thieves because we are helping that person to rob. Without us, that person will not be able to steal. But we who join him because we want to put some extra money in our own pockets are just as guilty before God. Just as guilty before God. Because the the Nigerian believes that if you, I had an auntie who said to me once, if if you cook soup, you must lick the spoon, that where I work, I must benefit from there, illegally or legally, it doesn't matter, I just must benefit from there. There's no such thing. When you're looking for the job, you don't tell people, look, when you give me this job, I'm going to benefit from this job. If I see a good deal, I'll steal it for myself. They won't give you the job. But that's not the issue. The issue is that it's done so naturally that everybody believes that it's the way to do things. Hardly anybody who works in a business today, who doesn't have his own, as said this one, um, who doesn't have his own business card and his own letterhead. You know, you are working for uh, a multinational and you are running your own private things by the side and you are benefiting from that place. The one who says do not steal is the one who will enforce the judgment because what then happens invariably is that without knowing it, you'll just find that life begins to look like a bondage. Why? Because you have contravened the word of God and you have entered into the place of the enemy. The thief comes to do what? to steal, to kill. To destroy. Don't worry, I'm not gonna ask how many people are stolen here today. Because I'll explain why. Because one of the things you find is that thieves always tell lies. And liars always what? They steal. A person that you can look at and say this person is a first class liar. That person is also a, a thief. We steal. We will The final example is the fact that I work in a place does not give me a right to the resources of that place. That you are a nurse and you work in a hospital has not made you a pharmacy at home. And everybody around you realizes that you work in a hospital. It's you they come to to get uh, drugs free of charge. That's not allowed. That I work in a place does not give me the right to the products of that place legally or illegally if you're going to take drugs from the hospital you work in, tell them it's like a man who says I, of course, i work in a bank i can take money home there are nigerians who do that anything they see where they work they take we can't do that as christians and because of where we are going to in this church we in this church must not be involved in those kind of acts god does not like it at all and he frowns at it seriously and I want us to examine ourselves and find out the way we do things because you never find a thief stealing openly they always hide they always dissemble. turn with me to Proverbs 21 verse 6 I want you to read it yourself Proverbs chapter 21 verse 6 and see where God puts a judgment of death Proverbs 21, verse 6. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 6. Are we all there? Okay, let's read together. One, two, go. The getting of treasures by a lying tongue is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. The getting of what? Of treasures by a lying tongue, by deception, is a vanity tossed to and fro of them that seek death. Because when... I sit in a place, and I keep giving estimates that are too high, and the people never come. One day, that place will ask me a question. What? Don't people ever have any problems with their cars? You'll have to produce a lie to cover that which you are doing. And the Bible says it is for somebody who is seeking that the end of it is going to be death. Not because the office will kill you, but because God Himself would administer justice. Turn to Acts chapter five and see the story of Ananias and Sapphira. It says from verse one But a certain man named Ananias, with Sapphira his wife, sold a possession, it was their possession, and kept back of the price. They wanted to make profit from it, kept back of the price his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why hath Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Since while it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all them that heard these things. The principle here is this Peter says to Ananias, You sold a house, you brought money, but you had sat down and planned that you would keep some part of this money. Is it possible to steal your own money? Apparently, because he would give the balance to God as if it was a hundred percent. But because God is with us at all times, this was exposed. And for him to be caught, Peter just simply asked, is this all the amount of money that you made from the sale? If you have said no, I've kept back some. Peter said he had the right to do so. So let's be careful those of us who tell a lot of lies because you will eventually steal. You will. And lying and stealing, they go together. There's a black American proverb that says, if you scratch a liar, you'll find a thief. If scratch a liar, it says you'll find a thief. Beneath is a thief, ready to steal. And God does not want us involved in the ministry in John 10.10, 10, saying that the thief comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. I said that it's not just material things that we can steal. Turn with me to Malachi chapter 3. And let's just read what the word of God says. For all those who do not pay tithes, maybe this will open your eyes today. We'll all read together, verses 8 through to 12. 8 through to 12. Are we all there? Okay, let's read together. 1, 2, go. Will a man rob God? Yet he have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In fights and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation." Bring ye all the fruits into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, seeth the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of thy ground. Neither shall your vine cast as fruit before the time in the field seeth the Lord of hosts and all nations shall call you blessed for you shall be a delightsome land, seeth the Lord of hosts when we do not pay our fights, God says the money is not yours he says you are a thief, he says you are a robber that is says how on earth will a man attempt to rob God he says but you this nation Israel you have robbed me in fights and in in offerings and he leads into bondage because God says when you pay your fights he rebukes the devourer on your behalf a place where the devourer can come in and do whatever he likes with your resources is being in prison you have no rights, you have no power you know I remember a long time ago a gentleman who came to see me and big man, he was crying and I, couldn't, I can't handle a man crying. Not to talk of when the man is now big, you know. And you know because everywhere he puts his hand, nothing is working. And I just asked him a very simple question. I said, "Do you pay your price?" Ah, he said, "But nothing is happening. How can he pay?" I said, "When things were happening, were you paying your price?" He said, "No." I said, "Okay, let's at least start with that." And in about three months, he came back and said, "All was well. He was no longer crying." He was laughing molar to molar because God had helped him. And there are many who will just tell you today that everything is just bad. Nothing is just working. Everything is tight. Check. Are you owing God? Because when you have not paid tight, God says he puts an interest of 25% on that, on the size you haven't paid. Those who do not pay their tithes, which is simply ten percent of your income, God says you are stealing and robbing from Him, God. And nobody who has anything called wisdom would attempt to rob or should attempt to rob God. So, in tithes and in offerings, many of us rob God. When you want to rob God legally, you come up with the question: Tithes, Pastor? Is it net or gross? You decide, as I always tell you. But take these things seriously. You see, because this is just the difference that makes the difference between success and failure at the end of the day. Sometimes we've done everything that we know how to do and the matter just is not resolved. There's something critical somewhere that is wrong. And that thing is wrong with God, especially not with a human being. Or the devil. It is you and God. Another area where we rob God is in the area of our time. Everybody say time. Turn with me to Psalm 31, verse 15. Psalm 31, verse 15. Are we all there? Okay, let's read together. One, two, go. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies. And from them that persecute me. David says, my times are in thy hands. Why? Because time and life are gifts from God. We have no control over them. None at all. And God requires that a Christian will come to the place of understanding that of the time that he has given, he requires you to give him something back, we cannot be too busy for God. Because the moment we get into that place where we are so busy, our time is just all of our own, then you are doing the unthinkable. You are taking from God even the time that He has given. See, God is interesting, He gives something to you and expects you to do what? To give back to Him freely. The minimum you and I can give God of our time. We follow his principle. is a tenth of our time. A tenth of our time. God would expect. But some of us are busier than we don't even have enough time in 24 hours. Yet, when we are in search of financial reward, wherever we go to, we can spend, I mean, i have been to a place to see a gentleman before because the man is known to just be a time waster a gentleman came in he came in with his um, teacup came in with a small flask ready You know, he came as if he was coming to spend the day he had a snack with him he made some tea took some bread and was eating and was just waiting leisurely and really and truly, one or two hours, I said, ah, at this point, though, one has to get up and go. Uh, the man said, no, no, that uh, that is here for the whole day. For the whole day. Many of us don't mind if people waste our time, but we don't have enough time for God. Yet the one who can turn things in your favor is God Himself. When I don't have enough time for God, I'm walking the pathway of what? Bondage. I'll have to have enough time for the enemy. So what must we do? Exodus 22, God gives his prescriptions there. He says, well, anything that has been stolen, you must return with an interest. He says, if the person is caught in the night and you kill him, it's okay, don't bother to shed blood for him. And then he says, if in daylight... Sell him if he cannot return with an interest. Sell him and let him be sold into bondage. Usually in Israel, what that simply means is that that person who is sold into bondage will not come out of bondage until the year of Jubilee, until he hears the sound of the trumpet. Turn with me to Leviticus chapter 25. And I'll show you how it refers to us. Leviticus 25 verse 10. The Bible says, And ye shall hallow the fiftieth year, and proclaim liberty throughout all the land, unto all the inhabitants thereof. It shall be a jubilee unto you, and you shall return every man unto his possession, and you shall return every man unto his family. So people sold into bondage were usually not set free until the year of jubilee. What is the year of jubilee to the Christian? It is the Year, the acceptable year of the Lord. Turn with me to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year. Of the Lord, the acceptable year of the Lord is a year of jubilee. What that simply means is that the the acceptable year of the Lord for us who are in church today is the year, the time that we hear the gospel, and we accept and begin to be doers of the word that we have heard. So even as we are here today, those of us who know that we do all kinds of things, all in the name of making a prophet. You've got to stop those things. Because there's no way you are a Christian, you wake up in the morning, you read your Bible, you pray, and then you go and take something that doesn't belong, and the Holy Spirit doesn't say to you, this is not right. The Holy will speak to you a few times, and it's as you continue and persist, it will stop. We, 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 on Sundays feed the poor, and, um, People go out to the market to buy things. When we first started, we found out that after a while, the people in the market had products specifically meant for us. In other words, the basket of tomato that they would sell to us, they would have filled with leaves halfway. Because they had people who were going to buy, who would buy those particular types of baskets for the same normal price as a full basket. So we cleared everybody and started all over again. People are not afraid to make profit anywhere, as we have seen with the Benin Saga. People want to make money anywhere. They saw Benin as an opportunity to make some quick gain. But the thing is, this, the one that we are dealing with, because we are going somewhere, definitely, but you can't go with all kinds of baggage. God will not allow you into his own plans. And the reason, as I said, why we are spending time on the Ten Commandments is so that we may clean up our act and be prepared to go with the Lord. So if you are here and you find that you've done questionable things, even as I speak, there are some things you have done that God does not right before God. What is right is what is right from God's perspective. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, the Bible says, Having the understanding darkened. No, 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 no. let me see. Okay, I'll find it. But that's not what I want to read. But the Bible says that when we hear the word of God, we should stop in our tracks. And make amendments in line with the word of God. What is right is what is right in God's eyes. It doesn't matter if everybody does it. It does not matter if everybody does it. Because one of the things we don't understand about this thing we do in church here. Is everything we do here is so spiritual. Many people cannot understand how spiritual they really are. We all are spiritual beings first and foremost. Before anything else. That's why on Wednesday when there was a lot of praise going on here, somebody was having deliverance downstairs. And as they said to me, this woman was just rolling and wriggling like a snake on the ground. It's okay that you didn't see it. But that's not the reason why we came. We came to just lift up the name of the Lord. We ought not to manifest like animals because God has placed us far, far, far above animals. One of the groups of people that God says should be killed are people who sleep with animals. You know, and people will wonder, but how can a human being sleep with animals? But if it's not, if it's in the word of God, it means God knows that there are people who are capable of doing so, and that indeed people do so. We'll talk about that next week. So what I want us all to do today is, one, we must repent and restitute our ways. Restitution is hard, but if you take God seriously, He will help you. In other words, we must not go back into those places again. If you have been stealing continuously from where you work, it has to stop. It has to stop. And of course, more seriously, those of us who just do not pay our fights and those who from month to month some months is convenient to pay net some months come convenient to pay gross you don't understand who you are dealing with at all you don't it's God that we are dealing with and in all of this we must understand that if we steal we are eventually liars and the liars God says are fathered by who? by Satan because Satan is the father of all lies. No matter where you are when you speak a lie, it has come from who? From Satan. It hasn't come from you. You are in a place you ought not to be in. We will talk about lying a little bit more next Sunday. You are in a place you ought not to be and somebody in church walks in and then you use something to cover your face and pretend that you are not the one there. It's a lie. And without knowing it, the one guiding you In that deception is Satan. And he's not guiding you to help you. He's guiding you as your father. That's what the Bible says. So I want us to come to the place of repentance. To repent means to take a firm inward decision. That I will not go in this direction anymore. And to physically actually turn around from that place. And begin to walk in the opposite direction. The, the, the sad thing about the work we do for God is the world is beginning to have standards that are higher than Christians and it's not allowed. The world ought not to have standards higher than us. Yesterday on, on TV, a group of finance ministers in the developed nations sat down and said they were writing off the debts of 18 nations thank God they didn't write off the debt of Nigeria I said thank God they didn't write off the death of Nigeria because you see what has happened is that who is going to pay for those debts that are, that are being written off the taxpayers of those countries the lesser is always blessed by who? by the greater it's a principle of God they are sowing into the lives of those 18 nations they will always be above them they will always be above them Those 18 nations will never rise above those nations that are writing of their debts. And to show you that it's true, they are going to now prescribe to them from now on, any money you make must go into hospitals, must go into schools. They tell you how to spend your money. What has brought about that kind of bondage? Because the rulers of those nations specialize in what? In stealing. and People are saying, ah, what happened? Nigeria is not there. It's good for Nigeria not to be there. So, we must repent. Everybody keeps complaining about this nation. But in our various respective little boxes of life, how do we run life? Is it in accordance with the word of God or that which is right in the eyes of the world? The two are not the same. Shall we bow our heads before God today? First thing we have to do is to repent. Let's tell the Lord, if you are here, you have stolen before, then tell the Lord that you will steal no more. And ask for grace and ask for mercy. You will not steal anybody's mobile phones. Oh, steal no more. That is the word of God. Let's tell the Lord today that we will align ourselves with his word and won't steal any more. We will not steal his rights nor his offerings, will not steal his time, because we realize that he is he who has given us time. Father, we come before your throne of grace, your throne of mercy, we come by the blood of Jesus. We ask in the name of Jesus, according to your loving kindness, O Lord, according unto the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out our transgressions before you today. We ask, Lord, for grace and divine enablement not to steal Almighty God anymore each one of us almighty God we say Lord look down upon us and have mercy upon us today create in each one of us a clean heart Lord and renew a right spirit within each and every one of us have mercy upon us O Lord the grace and the ability Lord to restitute our ways give unto each and every one of us Lord we ask in Jesus mighty name leave that place what I them I mean by a tight place there are some places where corruption is so institutionalized that my job entails stealing from my boss. You have to report to him every month. You can't afford to do that kind of job. You can't. Step out of the job. God will give you another job. Yes. You are in the clutches of the enemy and he puts you to work against God because he knows that if you can offend God, then he has you where he wants you. But God will help us all. Now I want to just ask those people, there are some of us who are here today, this God that says, do not steal, you don't really know him. So you can't really pray to him. You can pray all you want, but it's of no consequence. So I'm appealing to those who do not know this God. You have never said to him, I believe you died for me. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Please, Lord, today, accept me as one of your own. If you are here and you have never given your life to Christ, you need to do so because that's what the word of God says. You need to ask him to have you as his own. You need to ask him to write your name in the book of life. Your name is not written there. It will not be found there. So I want to ask you if you are here today If you have never committed your life formally fully to Christ And you need to do so today Put up your hand wherever you are And we will put a card in your hand right now Just put up your hand wherever you are If you want to, God bless you Don't be ashamed It might just be one person But then that's how God works Do not be ashamed God bless you Just put up your hand and get a card The ushers are looking out for you You are here If you get the card, what I want you to do is rise to your feet, take your Bibles and your bags, and come to me here in front. Just rise and come to me here. quietly on your own speak to god just tell him to have mercy upon you tell him to forgive you all your sins ask him to write your name in the book of life tell him that you accept that jesus christ is lord and that he's lord of your life and that your name should be written in the book of life speak to him your own and you'll have mercy upon you is there anybody else you know that you are sitting down there you are hiding on your own the bible says the lord knows those who are his he knows those whose names are written in the book of life He knows those whose things are not written. So he says, if you know that, then just walk up and come before him today. Because he is here before us all. Father in heaven, we thank you and bless you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Because your word says no man can come unto the Father except you draw him there. Thank you for drawing these three gentlemen, Lord, unto you. We ask today that you lay your mighty hands upon them. We ask Almighty God today that the blood of Jesus will cleanse them from all unrighteousness. We ask Almighty God that they will be saved to the utmost, they and all their household. We say they shall not be lost, Almighty God. Even so, Almighty God, may their names be written in the book of life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray.